you know, we've been in a series now for, for several weeks. Uh, and we talked about the impact of the church, and, and we've seen the impact of this church over 60 years, six decades uh, of people saying yes to God in this community, of making the community a better place, of caring for people, of giving people a place to find God, to experience God, to say yes to him, and just the immeasurable impact that this church has had. Uh, we've seen uh, the impact of, of sacrifice. We've seen uh, the impact uh, of the place and why the spaces matter. We've talked about all of those things. Uh, And today we're going to talk about the impact of saying yes. What happens when we say yes to God? You know, so often we get labeled, uh, Christians get labeled as people who say no to things. We say no to to things that seem fun in the world's eyes. We say no to things that seem like they would be good, things that would be uh, fun for us to do. We get labeled as as no uh, people, but really we are yes people. We are the most yes people there can possibly be because we're saying the ultimate yes, and that's yes to God, and that comes with an incredible impact. And, And what I want you to hear this morning is a couple of things. The first thing is this. So when you say yes to God, your life will be immeasurably better. When you say yes to God, your life will be immeasurably better. <clears throat> now, this needs a small disclaimer in what we mean by the word better. Often I've said to my children, I want you to do something that's going to make you better. And what they hear me say is, it's going to make my life easier or more fun. And generally, that's not what I mean when I say better to my children. And that's not what we mean here either. When you say yes to God, you are not saying, uh, what we are not saying is that your life is going to be immeasurably easier. In fact, there are Christians and missionaries around the world who would confirm that their lives are not easier because they said yes to God. And I'm not saying that you're going to get everything that you want or your life is going to be more pleasant because you said yes to God. To God. In fact, quite the opposite is true. Oftentimes, people who said yes to God have faced great persecution, even lost their lives because they said yes to God and they were willing to stand on that commitment. So, how can we say that your life will be immeasurably better? Well, it's difficult to explain. It's something really that almost you can't completely understand. Until you've experienced, until you've stepped into it and realized what God does for you, what God does in you, the way that he moves around you, until you've experienced life with God, you can't really understand how great it actually is. But I'm going to do my best this morning to help you see some of the ways that our lives are made immeasurably better when we say yes to God. And the first way that our lives are made better is this. We follow God's principles when we say yes to God. Because they just work. Now, something you need to understand about this is that God's principles just work. The the way that he's designed life, the way that he's given instructions, the way that he's set to do things, they just work. And, And here's what's funny about this. Oftentimes, you don't even have to have a relationship with God or even believe in God for his principles to work for you. And I would challenge you, if you don't have a relationship with him yet, try this. Try some of these areas, some of these principles that God has established and see if your life isn't better. Because God knows what he's doing. He knows what's best for us. And he's given us instruction that is going to work, that is going to make our lives better. One of the examples uh, that we find in scripture is in the area of finances. 
But many, many years ago, before Dave Ramsey existed, before there was Financial Peace University, before we had financial advisors and credit cards and all kinds of uh, crazy financial schemes, before any of that existed, God gave these words to Solomon to write down in Proverbs 22. He said this, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is the slave of the lender. Isn't that true? I mean, even if you don't believe in God, isn't that true? If you borrow money from someone, you are indebted, enslaved to some degree to that person. There are certain freedoms that you give up when you choose to be in debt, right? Because there's certain things you can't do. You can't just walk away from your job and decide, I don't need this income, because there's a debt looming over you that you have to pay. You, you can't just decide what you want to do with your money. You have to pay those debt, the, the people that you owe money to first. You have to pay those things before you can just go out and spend money on fun new toys from Apple or whatever your preference is. <clears throat> Maybe that's just me. But this principle is true. And being debt-free, which is what this is encouraging you to do, is to avoid debt, not, not at all costs, but to avoid debt, to stay away from it, just to understand that if you're in debt, you're enslaved to that thing. And so by encouraging you to be free from debt, God is saying your life will be freer, you will have more freedom, your life will be better if you do things my way, which is to avoid debt. And I learned this firsthand many, many years ago. Well, it wasn't that many years ago, I guess. Uh, it was probably um, four and a half, almost five years ago, uh, when I really felt like God was calling. Uh, my wife and I were praying. We felt like God was calling us into ministry. And it just so happened around that time, we were able to pay off the debts on our cars. We paid off a credit card. We had no uh, debt really outside of our home uh, going into that season. And what that allowed us to do is to say yes to a significant pay cut to be able to come and do what God had asked us to do, to, to have uh, the position that he was calling us into, to do the thing that he wanted us to do. If we had those debts looming over us, we couldn't have said yes to this. We couldn't have said yes to being here because we would have owed those people money that we no longer had. And so we were set free to do what God asked us to do, uh, to find, quite honestly, the best job I've ever had in my life the best season that we've ever been in in our lives because we were financially free to say yes to it. And this it has nothing to do with my relationship with God other than that I trust God and I trust that his principles are going to work because sometimes his principles just work. There's another area where I think this is true. And it's in the area of relationships. <clears throat> and this can apply to to friendships, relationships with your neighbor, coworkers, peers. Uh, it could apply to romantic relationships uh, as well. Uh, but there's a principle, and many of you learned this growing up in school. You heard of the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, right? Well, Jesus said it this way. He said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But he said the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these two. To love your neighbor as yourself. Now, guys, this principle just works. It, it just works. It, if people love each other, things are better for everyone, aren't they? If we treat each other the way we want to be treated, aren't things better for everyone? Uh, I mean, just imagine in your house, in your home, wherever you live, whoever you live with, if everyone who lived there with you did this, imagine how much better your life would be. I mean, for those of you who are parents, think about your children. Think about if your children loved you the way you love you, like, and, and show that with their behavior, 
you never have to tell them to clean up because they just do it. There'll never be another argument in my house, right? Now, of course, we have to train our children to be able to do this. But, but imagine if the people around you just did this and you did this, how much better your life and their lives would be. I'll give you another example. <clears throat> imagine tomorrow morning when you're getting ready to drive into work, possibly with a dusting of snow on the road. Imagine if every single driver did this. How much better would your commute be? Nobody's cutting you off. Nobody's driving way too slow. Like It would be so much better if we just loved each other the way we love ourselves, right? The principle just works. It just does. And so one of the ways that our lives are made immeasurably better is because God's principles for our lives just work. And so when we follow his principles, we reap the benefit of following his principles. There's another concept that's streamed throughout scripture, the, uh, this concept of you will sow what you, or you will reap, I'm sorry, what you sow. It's a concept of sowing and reaping. But what I invest in, I will get back. You know, there's other religions out there that call this karma. Uh, what they really are describing when they say karma is God's principle of reaping and sowing. Because what you sow is what you will reap. I like this example uh, in the workplace uh, because we've probably all known someone um, who, not that you're working with now, of course not. None of us know this person now. I just want to make this clear. There's nobody like this in the room for sure. Uh, but we've all known people who've been just cutthroat at work and do anything to get ahead. They will, they will always find a way uh, to get on top. And what happens inevitably is that they burn a bridge and they burn the wrong bridge and eventually that catches up with them and they no longer have the relationships they need to survive the next season and to stay employed at that organization or to move forward in that company. Isn't that true? They're not, this isn't karma. This is reaping what was sown. I sowed bad relationships. I reap bad relationships. That's what happens. It's sowing and reaping. It's a principle that just works. And when we know that, when we understand that, when we trust God to do things God's way, our lives are immeasurably better because we're saying yes. To the principles that just work. Now, there's another way that our lives are made immeasurably better, uh, and it's this. Many of us have discovered this, that in the kingdom of God, we find a greater purpose than we've ever known anywhere else. When we say yes to God and what he's called us to do, and what he's made us to do, and what he's designed us to do, we find a greater purpose for our lives than we ever thought possible. I'm looking around the room right now, and in this room, I see people who said yes to God in different areas. I see people who've been wired, just made to work with middle schoolers. You're amazing. <laughs> just know that, okay? <clears throat> but just for some reason, you just get them. They just make sense to you, and there's no place you'd rather be than hanging out with a middle schooler and helping them figure out life. In this room, there are people who get children who just love elementary age kids or love high school age kids. They just get kids. They just get them. They understand them. And there's no place they would rather be because they've been wired and designed and gifted and made to work with those kids and hang out with those kids and help those kids understand life and what life is all about and how to navigate it. And, and I know for a fact that there are people in this room who are a little bit sad right now because they just left their favorite hour of the week, which was last hour when they were hanging out with kids. Because that's what they were made to do. They found a great purpose for their lives. There are people in this room who found purpose in leading worship, 
and helping us to enter into the throne room and helping us to, to get a little taste of what heaven's going to be like as we stand here and sing praises and, and declare God's glory, both in the tech booth and on stage. These guys just usher us into that place, and there's nothing they would rather do than lead worship. And I don't mean play music. I don't mean there's nothing they would rather do than play music. Because if you've ever done both, you know there's a big difference. There's a huge, huge difference. But when you're leading worship, you are the first, you're on the front lines of bringing people into the throne room, of helping them to encounter God. When you're playing music, it just isn't the same. You're just playing music. And not that there's anything wrong with music, but there's something different when you're doing what God made you to do and ushering people into that environment. Now, there's one other thing that happens that makes our lives immeasurably better when we say yes to God. And it's the hardest thing to describe. It's the hardest thing really uh, to, to explain unless you've experienced it. But our lives, when we say yes to God, our lives are made immeasurably better because we know Christ. And there is nothing better than knowing Christ. But the best example I can give you is this. <clears throat> Most of us, at some time in our life, have known someone. Maybe it's a romantic relationship, maybe it's a friendship, maybe it's a, a peer or a mentor, uh, but you've known someone, and just being around that person makes you better, right? You, you feel more confident, you feel more excited, uh, you're more passionate about things, you, you're a better person, you make better decisions when you hang out with this person. Like Just being around them makes you better. Have you experienced that? Well, knowing Christ is like that, but exponentially, infinitely, infinitely, is that a word? I don't even know. But it's so much better that you can't even describe it. It's that much better. Knowing Christ. That's what he does for us. He makes us better. He gives us a hope when we shouldn't have hope. A hope that just will not quit, even when it should, even when it doesn't make sense. Hope just does not quit. He gives us a peace that allows us to walk through the most trying of situations, knowing that we are not alone, that we have the God of the universe on our side, and we have peace even in the most difficult times. And we have joy. We are the most joyous people on the planet because we know God. You just can't describe it enough until you've experienced it. But the Apostle Paul did a pretty good job. The Apostle Paul... Uh, wrote this. Now you got to understand something about Paul. Paul had everything. Like, he was the man. Like, in his social circles, in his work environment, he was at the top. There was no more successful person than Paul. He was an up-and-comer, rising quickly. Uh, the scripture says that he was a Pharisee of Pharisees, and in his world, that was a good thing. Uh, and he was like the best of the best in his little circle. He was awesome where he was. And then he met Jesus. And he gave all of that up to know Jesus. And this is what he said about it in Philippians 3. He said, whatever I had, I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Christ is better, period. That, that's it, man. Christ is better. Knowing him is better than anything else. And so our lives are made immeasurably better because we 
know Christ. But there's something interesting that happens. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's something interesting that happens when we say yes to God. Not only do our lives get better as we say yes to him, but the people around us, their lives get better, even though they haven't said yes. When we say yes to God, others' lives are made immeasurably better. When we say yes to God, others' lives get immeasurably better. And there's a few reasons this happens. The first is this. They get to experience who God is. They get to experience God's love for them. They get to experience God through us. This amazing thing happens when you say yes to God. When you, when you surrender your life to him, you get filled with the Holy Spirit. And what that really means in very simple terms is that God comes and dwells with you. That you are never apart from God. And that means that when you walk into any room, into any situation, into any place, God is there. Because he dwells in you if you've said yes to him. Which means that other people get to experience God even though they haven't said yes yet. They get to experience who he is. And really, if we're doing what God has asked us to do, if we're following these principles the way he's called us to, if we're really doing that thing that God said was the second greatest commandment, to love your neighbor as yourself, by the way, he didn't say love your fellow church member as yourself. <clears throat> He didn't say love other Christians as yourself. He didn't say love people who are like you as yourself. He said love your neighbor as yourself. And who is your neighbor? Anyone who has need. That's what the scripture would tell us. And so when we love people the way God has called us to love them, they experience him. They get a taste of who he is. Jesus himself described it this way in Matthew 25. He said this. This is what it should look like. I was hungry. And you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them. Truly I say to you. As you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. See, this is what we're called to do, to love the way Jesus did, to love as if we are loving God himself and we love other people. And when we do that, they experience God's love and they are blessed. Their lives are made immeasurably better because they got to experience it. And guys, I just want to encourage you. This happens every day in this church, all the time, every week. There's a group of people that go down to a prison, the youth offender system, and they hang out with kids who are incarcerated, and they spend time with them. They visit them in prison, literally what the text says, they visit them in prison, and they teach them about who God is, and they show them God's love, and they help them to understand that God has a better plan for their life, that God has forgiveness and grace and love for them, and they spend time with them. Every week, people come into that care center, not knowing where their next meal is going to come from, and we usher them to the food pantry where they get to shop for free and take food with them that they can prepare when they were hungry and we gave them something to eat. Every week they come into the food, into the care center and say, my water's about to be shut off. What do I do? And we say, we can help you with that. We can help keep your water on. And they are thirsty and we gave them something to drink. Do you understand? This church does this. It's what we do. 
Now there's another thing that happens when we say yes to God. Others' lives are made immeasurably better because they have the benefit of living in a world that we made better. When we say yes to God, we make the world a better place. Because when we say yes to God, we bring the kingdom of heaven to a broken earth, to a broken world. And so when we say yes to God, we bring those things to this place. And people who haven't said yes to God get the benefit of living in a better world because we said yes. Does that make sense? See, there should be nobody who is more concerned about social justice. There's nobody who should be more concerned about human trafficking. There's nobody who should be more concerned about dignity of life, about sanctity of life issues. There's nobody who should be more concerned than Christians. Because we know what life is worth. We know the Creator. We know that they bear the image of God. We know and we've been commanded to love them as if they are Jesus Himself. And so when we engage in those things, when we say yes to fighting against human trafficking, when we say yes to fighting against poverty, when we say yes to social justice, when we say yes to racial reconciliation, when we say yes to those things, we're saying yes to God. And we make the world a better place and other people's lives are made better because of it. Now, there's one more thing that happens for others when we say yes to God. And it's this. When we say yes to God, and we tell people about what God has done in our lives, and we explain to them who God is, and we show them this God that loves them more than anything in the world, that, God, that loved them so much that he sent his only son to die on the cross for their sins so that they could know him. When we show them that love, when we show them who God is, when we tell them about him, there's a chance that they just might come to know God. And they then get to say yes for themselves. And when they say yes to God, they get to know the immeasurable joy, the immeasurable hope, the immeasurable peace, the undeniable benefit of knowing Christ, the surpassing greatness, as Paul said, of knowing Christ Jesus, for whose, whose sake we would gladly give up all things just to know him. And so when we say yes to God, our lives get better. Other people's lives get better. 